Hello, my name is Wang Yan, and I'm a reporter with News China. With our weekly News China podcast, we aim to give insight into the trends and the happenings in modern China through a historical lens. Today, we discuss Asian population policy. On May 31st, China announced a further relaxation in its family planning policy, allowing couples to have up to three children. Supportive measures will be formulated to encourage couples to have more children. The announcement came right after the release of the 7th National Population Census, which shows the population is aging and the birth rate is falling. Asian Chinese dynasties used different ways to boost the fertility rate to ensure they had enough taxes and soldiers. Families also believed that more children would bring wealth and power. During the spring and autumn period between the 770 BCE and 476 BCE, Regional powers in China fought against each other for supremacy. The Yue and the Wu kingdoms were rivals in the lower reaches of the Yangtze River. In 494 BCE, the Yue army was defeated by the Wu. The king of the Yue, Gou Jian, had served as groom for Wu King Fu Chai's horses for two years before he was released back to the Yue. To take revenge, Gou Jian did two things. First, it was said he would taste or probably lick an animal's gall bladder he had in his room every day, so the bitterness would remind him of the humiliation and sharpen his readiness to endure hardship. Second, he tried to create a large, strong population. He took measures to ensure people would marry young and give birth to more healthy babies. It was a breach of the law if parents did not arrange a marriage for their daughters once they reached 17 or sons if they were 30 or older. Matches between an old man and a young wife or vice versa, a young man and an old lady were banned. A pregnant woman had to report to the government that she was about to deliver. Then a midwife would be sent to help. A family who had a baby girl would get two pots of wine and a pig, while a baby boy got two pots of wine and a dog. Pigs were more valuable than dogs, as girls would become mothers and contribute more to the population increase. A white nurse was provided by the government for the third baby if the family was too poor to feed it. In the meantime, men were trained hard to be good soldiers. Nineteen years after Gou Jian was returned to the Yue, his army smashed the Wu army. The Wu king Fu Chai committed suicide. Gou Jian became the last major power in the spring and autumn period. This period was followed by an even more chaotic time called the Warring States period. Seven major powers fought fierce battles against each other. They all rushed 
to encourage and force people to have more children. The Qing kingdom was the most successful. A portion of the tax was collected on the basis of household assets. So if a family had two sons, when they were adults, each had to live separately in an independent household. If he still lived with his parents and did not marry, he had to pay double taxes. Besides, a man who fought bravely on the battlefield was rewarded with promotion. It was the most important way for people to climb the social ladder, so people had to give birth to more children and hope they were good soldiers. The Qing defeated all its rivals and built China's first imperial dynasty in the early 3rd century BCE. The emperor made all families register detailed information about each household, including the number of family members, their age, names, heights, and land ownership. Every five households made a wu wu, and every ten households made a shi. If any household concealed information, all the other households in the wu or shi would be punished. A poll tax or head tax was also imposed on adult males. So only males in the family were registered in household records. Men who lived with their wives' families were discriminated against as they did not create new households or pay poll tax. A census was conducted once every three years. The expansion of the population was a main indicator for the assessment of local officials. Movements of people were banned. Only those on official business or on the way to military service were given letters of passage, which proved their purpose of trip. Traders, innkeepers, runaway persons, and sons-in-law living with their wives' parents were treated as criminals. They were sent to guard the borders or undeveloped areas. The Qing adopted this policy to encourage agriculture and repress business. As a result, peasants were tied to the land and lived in small families. All this made it easier for the imperial government to control the public. In addition, the Qing population numbered only about 20 million, making it possible for the Qing to impose the most stringent household control in China's imperial history of more than 2,000 years. But this strict control did not prevent the people from rebelling against the cruel rule of the Qing. The dynasty lasted only 14 years, when Liu Bang led one of the rebelling forces into the capital of Xianyang, the first thing his aide Xiao He did was to take over all the household records left by Qing. Liu Bang had full information on the national resources of land, population, tax, and troops. It was much more valuable than the treasures that his ally Xiang Yu looted from the city. It helped Liu Bang not only defeat Xiang Yu in their battle later, but also govern the new dynasty he founded, the Han. But the Qing's system of household registration and taxation was passed down to nearly all dynasties in the following 2,000 years. Having children at a young age and large families 
was encouraged, especially in the aftermath of a long period of social unrest and changes in dynasties. Liu Bang, for example, imposed fines on families with unmarried daughters at or about fifteen years old. His successor raised the fines by five times. Families hastened to marry off the young girls in the family, even if they had to be a concubine. The Northern Wei Dynasty, founded by the ethnic Xianbei tribes in the late fourth century, was the first ethnic regime that ruled the north of China. Under its laws, a man had to divorce his wife if she did not have a son and he did not have a concubine. During the reign of the second emperor of the Tang Dynasty, Li Shiming, between 626 and 646, a man could get 100 mu, or about 6.7 hectares of land, with 5.3 hectares to be returned to the government after his death, and the remainder to be inherited by his children. Women could also get two hectares of land. Which would be recovered by the government after her death. The government had the responsibility to find a new wife for a widow. The Song Dynasty, which started in 960 and included both the Northern Song up until 1127 and the Southern Song until 1279, was the richest dynasty in China's history. It spent a lot of money to encourage the birth rate. Poor families could get subsidies from the government to raise their children. It was in early 12th century, during the last years of the Northern Song's rule, that China's population reached 100 million for the first time. But the poll tax always hampered people's willingness and capability to have more children. Every adult male. No matter if he had land in his name, had to pay the poll tax. In 1712, Emperor Kangxi of the Qin, China's last imperial dynasty, announced that the poll tax would not be applied to males who were not registered in existing household records at the time. It means that newborn boys from then on would not have to pay head tax after they grew up. Since then, the population increased quickly from tens of million to more than 300 million over the 150 years between the mid 17th century in the early Qing and the late 18th century, in the last years of the rule of Kangxi's grandson Emperor Qianlong. The fast expansion of the population laid the foundations for, and was an important indicator of the so-called Kangxi-Qianlong age of. Prosperity, but Qing official Hong Liangji, who lived from the mid 18th century to the early 19th century, saw a problem. In one of his books written in 1793, he used the example of a well-off family with 0.66 hectares or 10 mu of land, 10 rooms, and 10 servants. They had three sons, and each son had three sons. But while the family was getting bigger and bigger, their land and rooms remained the same. The third generation would be plunged into poverty. Hong drew this conclusion from his own observations of the time 
when the Qing reached its peak in terms of imperial power and prosperity, yet its people were struggling. In the same year, Hong came up with his idea about population. A British diplomatic mission led by George McCunning arriving in China in August 1793. He took the chance of celebrating Emperor Qianlong's 80th birthday to propose that more Chinese ports should be opened to trade with Britain. Qianlong refused, but McCartney came to the same conclusion as Hong regarding the weakness and poverty and the ostensible prosperity. History proves that the equality and well-being of the population matter more than its size. That is the end of our podcast. Thank you to our writer Song Yimin, editor and translator Li Jia, and copy editor Kathleen Nadi. We hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for listening. See you next week.